Hi, my name is Monica Connolly. I am 32 years old. I'm from Portugal originally, and this is a testimony of how Jesus saved me. Jesus saved me when I was 13 years old, and he saved me from a tsunami. Um, in 2004, in December 2004, I was vacationing in Thailand with my parents, uh, and we were at the beach when the, the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami, or the Boxing Day tsunami, hit. Um, this is the deadliest tsunami in history still, almost 20 years later. Uh, and uh, I survived without a scratch on me. And my parents, they passed away that day. Uh, a lot happened that day. Um, and it's, it's important that you understand that I was not raised Christian. So none of these things, I, I could have imagined them. Uh, and it took me another 13 years uh, to finally accept them for what they are rather than just trying to find a logical explanation for the things that I felt and, and heard and, and, and thought that day. Um, so uh, me and my parents, we were at the beach that day when the wave struck. And at first we didn't really or at least I, I didn't really understand what was happening. Um, when we got to the beach, there was no water. So when the wave came, because it's not like in the movies, it, it looks a lot like a normal wave until it's right there next to you. And you, and you realize it's actually this, the size of maybe um, a floor. It's, it's not as tall as the movies make it to be. Um, and uh, so we didn't start running away until the water was really close to us. And at first I was just running away because everyone else was running away. And I thought the water was going to fill the empty space, but it kept going. And then I thought, okay, maybe the water is going to cause some damage here. In these resorts that are right on the beach. But then eventually it will stop. But it didn't. Um, it didn't. I don't know when the flip switched, but I get into a survival mode, what I call survival mode. And there's no emotions, there's no feelings, there's no complex thoughts. So, for example, when I was running away, I kept glancing behind my shoulder and I have a sequence of images in my mind. At first, I have my parents right behind me and lots of people behind them. Then it's just my parents, then it's just my father, and then there's no one, just water. And none of this in the moment meant anything. Or actually, all it meant is that I needed to run faster. And that was it. There was nothing else. 
Um, but there was also no fear, uh, which I, I see it as a good thing that there was no fear um, hindering me. And another thing that survival mode allowed was because I wasn't thinking, whatever thought came to my mind, I just did it without asking, without getting in the way. And this allowed for this voice in my mind to tell me or advise me on what to do, where to take shelter, how to swim when I was eventually swept by the water. Um, so it, it was guiding me. And um, I say that I felt no fear. And that's true, except for this one moment when I, uh, I find myself suddenly out of water, out of the water, and I can see my legs, and I feel very confused. How is it that I can see my legs? Makes no sense until, you know, I look down and I see that I'm free falling. I had been projected to, through like a precipice, uh, and I just see like the water falling, like a waterfall or, or a dam with the gates open. But not not as big as a dam. I mean, um, I, even after the tsunami, I remember like in the mall, I would go like, up the roller, uh, the stairs. Sorry, just trying to figure how high my fall was, but I, I just could never match it to the picture I have in my mind. But it was high enough to scare me to death, scare me to death, because as I was falling, I was screaming, and my own scream, it seemed foreigner because there was so much terror in my voice and I've never heard that, especially coming from me. So my own scream was just feeding my fear and it's like I'm in this bubble of fear. All that exists is fear until I hit the water again and the bubble bursts and I go back to swimming uh, and I realized the grave mistake I did. And right then I knew this is a lesson for life. Never, ever let fear in, not even for a second, no matter how terrible your situation is, because it's just going to make it even worse. Because I was afraid, because I was screaming the whole way down, I was now underwater, possibly even deeper because of the fall. But I had no air in my lungs. No air in my lungs because of that scream, because of that one moment of fear. Um, but, you know, there was no time to dwell on your past mistakes. I just kept swimming. And time kept passing by. And I was still underwater. And as time passed by, I started to feel pain in all over my body, my chest, my limbs. The chest was the worst. It's I describe it as a black hole sucking all the energy, but it's my life that it's sucking out. And so I knew that I was dying at some level and the pain was just unbearable. I was trying to focus on the pain of my limbs because it was much more bearable. I was just trying to distract my mind thinking about something else so I would focus on the pain of my limbs and I felt I could 
I could feel every cell, every muscle fiber, but more than that, every cell of my body trying to fight for me, to keep me alive. And I thought, wow, my body is amazing. You have, And I was 13 years old. When you're 13, you hate your body. <laughs> you just do. You hate your body. Uh, when you look in the mirror, you just see faults. But in that moment, I loved my body. And that's the first time I ever even thought that I love my body which is this amazing amazing thing but time keeps passing by pain keeps getting worse when I think it can't possibly get any worse than this it does and I'm yet to reach the surface so a thought comes to mind um memories I brought back from conversations I used to have with my mother and, and in this one, she was telling me how other people's stories of how they had been between life and death, and an angel had appeared to them and offered them the choice of between life and death. And obviously, they chose life. Um, and I, for, for the first time, I addressed this voice that had been. Uh, guiding me I, I could feel it there I could feel its presence it was just there observing and waiting I could feel it for the so for the first time I address it directly and I say hey <laughs> isn't it isn't it time you offer me the same choice immediately it starts showing me these through feelings, not more than visions, but through feelings, just feeling of peace. My pain's going away. I feel like I'm going back home and I can finally rest after a long day of hard work. More even than a day, it, was, it had been 13 years of hard work and I could finally go home and just rest, rest on the couch, just flop on the couch, put my feet up, rest, and just felt a relief. I felt the pain go away to a point where there's no pain and just this peace, just transcending overwhelming peace that I now know is shalom. And, you know, I just want to stay there. Um, and I know this is death. Or you can live, the voice says. It doesn't offer any feelings. It doesn't offer any images nothing just the words or you can live so <laughs> that got me very curious wait a minute <laughs> now i know all this about death and that is a guarantee i'm eventually gonna die and i now know that it's good but what is life um so i start going through what my life had been up until that point and i realized that it all revolved around school and taking good grades, which was I was like a uh, straight A student. I was a really good student. Um, and that was my life. It was just school. I didn't do anything. But I had plans. I had many plans for the future. And all of those plans, there were two things that I wanted most of all. I wanted to know true love. I wanted to have children and grandchildren because I, I just thought I felt like it was a crucial part of the human experience you have to realize that I was new age so I thought it was like this was a human experience right uh, 
so I wanted to experience that. And I wanted to help save the world. I knew that I couldn't do it alone, but I wanted to do my part. And I didn't care if no one would ever know my name or what or what I had done, because I would know. I wanted to die. When I did die, I wanted to go knowing that I had done something that mattered. Um, it didn't feel right to go home without having done any real work. So I chose life. I told this voice, I choose life. And I screamed it as loud as the thought can possibly go. Life, life, life. And as soon as I say that, my hand reaches the surface. I am back on the surface. I am never dragged down. And the water just guides me to, to this place where there's trees. Um, and something happens there that I always thought that maybe I hallucinated because I reached the surface and I must have worried about where I was going because I couldn't control where the currents were taking me. And this voice told me uh, not to worry because I could control where the currents were going. All I had to do was think left, and the currents would shift left, right, and the currents would shift left, right. And I saw this as I was thinking it, I saw like instantaneous the currents would shift. But I was so exhausted, I couldn't even process this and I couldn't, I didn't even question it or, or throw it out either. I just, I was so exhausted that I told this voice, just put it on autopilot and then I blacked out. That was it. Next thing I know, I'm being shaken by my shoulders. Wake up, this voice tells me. Oh, and I wake up and it feels exactly like you would feel if you had a real human being holding you there still. And he, it, he, she, it, it's holding me in place so that I, that I, I don't sink. It's what's holding me in place because I was passed out. I wasn't swimming. It was holding me there at the surface. Um, so he said, wake up, wakes me up and tells me, call out for God and vanishes. I am for the first time in my life, not just that day, but in my life, I feel completely alone. And I, but I'm left with this instruction, call out for God. And um, I always believed in God, but it was an impersonal God, like something out there. Um, so this presence that was helping me, I thought it was God all along because just that's just how the new age works. Everything is God. So when he told me to call out for God, it just told me two things. Number one, that was not God. Number two, there is a God that you can call out to. Uh, and, but 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 I, I fought it eternally. I was like, call out for God? Like actually speak to him? Because... Um, My God was just before, he was just so grand and impersonal. He didn't care about a little girl. Um, 
But I tell myself, well, what, what do I have to lose? <laughs> what do I have to lose? I mean, I have nothing and no one. There is absolutely no one around me. I'm absolutely alone. Um, I have no way of saving myself out of this. Um, what do I have to lose? And if, if this voice that has helped you throughout all this adventure, let's say, has never led you astray, has never failed you. If it tells you to call out for God, you call out for God. Like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> so I call out for God. And my prayer is very simple. God, save me. And before I can say anything else, I feel the tears building up in my eyes. And I look to my left and I see this cable a metal cable between two trees. It's like it's being highlighted to me in the spirit. It's almost like it's shining, right? And as I see it, it's at the perfect distance, perfect height for me to just hold on. And um, But as I laid eyes on it, the word salvation echoed in my mind, salvation. And of course, at the time I thought, you know, physical salvation, salvation out of this situation. I didn't, understand the whole death that comes with it <clears throat> yeah so i held on to that lifeline uh, eventually the water starts receding um people start showing up but no one sees me no one hears me i am um waving i am shouting for someone to come take me out of the hole that i was in because as the water was receding, I thought it would be easier to get out of there, but it actually became harder because all the all the wreckage that was around me floating, it just uh, consolidated, so it's harder to move. So I needed someone to pull me out. Um, but everyone was wrapping their own fear bubbles that they couldn't hear me, they couldn't see me. And I knew this because I had been in one not too long ago. So I knew how it felt. It's like, there's just no use. They can't see me. They can't hear me. I need to get out of here by myself. <laughs> um, as I'm thinking, there's this man very far away. He spots me, but he tells me that he's going to the beach, towards the beach, getting someone else, saving someone else out there. And then he'll come back for me. But I, I don't want to wait. I can't wait. I just urgency. I need to get out now. Um, so I just hold on to that cable that was right there and I pull myself up and I was a girl that could not do a single pull up. I still can't do a pull up. I, it wasn't my own strength. It wasn't my strength. As I was holding on to that cable to begin with, I felt someone's arms getting inside mine to give me strength to hold on. So I had, you could say, supernatural strength at that point. So I get myself out and take a few steps, and I'm on dry land. So I understand why that man was telling me to wait, because he was going further down the beach. Because I was so close to dry land, I didn't even know it until I got out. Um, I take a moment to look around, and eventually this man comes. And I remember thinking that his eyes looked angelic. I don't know if it was or not, um, but he he asks me if I'm alone and asks me the name of my parents. 
And my parents, they always went by their nicknames, which are very hard for a non-Portuguese person to say them. So I was struggling inside, like, what name do I give him? So I, I opted to give him their real names, José and Maria, because I thought, well, those are common in, in Spanish. I think most people can say that. But he struggled even with that. And as I was thinking about Maria and José, Mary and Joseph, suddenly I was like, oh, those are Jesus' parents, human parents' names. Huh. And then as I made that connection, the voice tells me in my mind, and I am Jesus. But of course, I brush it away. Oh, Monica, now it's not time to be funny. <laughs> but that little thing, it, it haunted me for years. It haunted me. Like, why would I, why would I say that? Um, but it wasn't me who said it. Anyways, this, this man, he tells me uh, where to go. Uh, there was this path I had to follow. And so I do. And then I realize, oh, I have to cross this road, get on the mountain, because Kalaik was, you have the beaches and then you have mountains, so it made sense, high ground, because there was another wave coming. In the mountain is where um, another, <laughs> I, just, I don't even have words to describe it. It's when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I am at this point very high up in the mountain because I just didn't feel safe to stay at the base. I wanted to be up there. Eventually I reach the highest group of people that I can see, the highest in the mountain. And I'm in this prominent piece of land because there's a tree coming out. So I can see really well down below, but people can't see me especially with all the vegetation that was going on with these trees, but a lot of vegetation, like almost like a jungle. Um, and I have the privilege to see a father reunite with his daughter right there in front of me. And it just touched me so profoundly. Uh, you know, the, the love, the relief of that father. See, finding his girl, embracing her, and like she was alive and she was safe in his arms. Um, just the love. He, he was everything. He made all the pain and suffering that I went through worth it. He made the choice of life worth it, just so I could see this. Um, and more than that, I thought to myself, you know, I would take upon myself the whole suffering, all the suffering and pain of the whole entire world upon myself. If that's what it took for them to be together. It was all about the two of them. It's it's like if, if they weren't together, the whole universe would just disintegrate. It wouldn't make any sense to even exist. Um, they, were, they were it. They were the point of it all. So I would have laid my life for them, but I would have taken the whole pain and suffering of the whole entire world upon myself. And when I think this, immediately I realize someone already did that. <laughs> Jesus already did this. 
But it wasn't just for one father and daughter. It was for all of us. Because that's what it took. That's exactly what it took. And he did that. And um, <laughs> in that moment, uh, up, so growing up, up until this moment in, in this mountain of Calais, I felt like I was living in a beautiful garden because my life, it was a good life. You could even say it was a perfect life. But I could tell there was something missing. Um, and it felt like I was living in this beautiful garden, but I was inside a glass box. Uh, so I could see the love, which is why I asked to, to know true love, because I could see it. I knew my parents loved me, but I just couldn't feel it completely. It was just something there, like a glass mirror, because I could see it, but I couldn't touch it. I couldn't smell it. I couldn't feel the breeze of this beautiful garden. There was just something there. And it's in this moment, seeing this father and daughter, that the glass breaks. The glass breaks, and for the first time I feel that love inside me. And I also understand why, uh, at this point, I had encountered three people, that two or three people now, um, that just told me to wait because they were going towards the beach. They were always going towards the beach, saving someone else and not me. And I was like, just save me, take me out of here. But everyone, all of those, those people, they were going towards the beach to save someone that might not even be there. And now I understood why. It's those selfless love. And this was true love. <laughs> this is the very thing I asked for. This is why I wanted to live, so I could experience true love. And God was wasting no time at all. Right then and there, the mountain of Kalak, he showed me true love, the truest love there is. That's the love of Jesus. <laughs> Changed everything. Changed everything. It's, um, I said this before, it took me another 13 years to finally accept that it was Jesus. I, I remember in college feeling just a lack of something again and the word passion just kept coming back to me passion 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 of christ and still i did not come to the lord and uh he even showed himself to me i was helping someone in a selfless way um because i thought god had asked me to as well and i think he did and so i have this 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 moment where Jesus appears, and I, I brush it away. I think it's just me. 
and then I get on my phone and on Facebook to scroll and the first thing that pops up is an image of Jesus and I just freak out and I run back inside and I'm laughing at myself like who are you running away from God so I would have these little episodes and glimpses and just Jesus just keep pulling me back but I even went to church Catholic church because Portugal Portugal is very Catholic and I just I could never stay it wasn't until I moved to the United States to 2017 to Texas a small small town in Texas in a very small church Pentecostal church that I thought to myself I found it again I found it I found it I was trying not to cry during worship and that was the beginning of my walk of my acceptance of Jesus I used to think to myself even like why so much resistance to just the name of Jesus why why this resistance who told you that? Who put that in you? Know the truth. <laughs> I know the truth. He, Jesus saved me. Jesus saved me. And God answered my prayer. He showed me true love. The love of Jesus. He, The love of a husband. And the love I have for my children. I have two children now. My whole life since has just been one lesson of love after another. And this process was very slow in the beginning, but these past two years, the process just accelerated. Um, And I think a lot of it is related to my book because in the mountains of Calic, I felt like I had to write a book. I have to tell this story. I had to share my testimony and that's all God asked of me was to share my testimony. So that's that's what I've been doing now through my book, through um, sharing my testimony to whoever wants to hear it. Um, and that's it. I don't know what the Lord has planned for me. I don't know what the next step is. I'm still learning to surrender. And just I'll just go wherever he calls me. Um, the day that my book got published, as I kneeled down in worship and crying, God spoke to me again uh, very clearly. He told me, uh, I was listening to this song called, well, I don't know if I can see it. Um, it's called Oceans. Um, it's a song that I relate to because those verses, they're not metaphors to me. They're, they're, my, they're my story, except for this one that says, uh, walking on water, I didn't. I didn't walk on water and then God just just uh, jokingly but not really um, he tells me you didn't know that was an option back then did you so I just start laughing you know I went I'll go from sobbing to laughing and it's, and it's true I did not know that I could walk on water I, I didn't know I could ask for that and God pointed out yeah there's a lot of people that don't know they can walk on water they don't know that they cannot call out for God and that God will save them. So whew, that's 
the purpose of me sharing my testimony just to let people know that you can call on God. He will save you, and with him, you will walk on water. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this Testimony Tuesday video. I really pray that you were blessed by it. Give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the Heaven and Healing podcast channel if you haven't already. We go live on this channel every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. So set your notification bell and come back and see us really soon. And do consider partnering with the Heaven and Healing Ministry. There's a QR code up on the screen for you to become a monthly partner. Or if you just feel led to sow a one-time seed, there are different options to do so down below in the episode description. Heaven and Healing is entirely crowdfunded, only made possible through the generosity of the audience. So anything at all means so much to us. We thank you for your support and prayers. God bless. Jesus loves you.